episode of Debatable Sports. I'm here with uh, our my co-host Jordan, and today I think we're just going to be diving into uh, some fantasy. I know we haven't been around in a while. It's been really uh, busy with school and work and stuff, but um, we're stoked to be back, and I think we're uh, talking about fantasy today. We'll, we'll add some entertainment for um, everybody listening, and it's going to be super fun for us as well. So, uh, Jordan, how's it going, man? It's going good. It's good to be back. I mean, busy with draft season this year it's four nfl and three nhl leagues so it's definitely been a lot lately but always a lot of fun probably my favorite time of the year draft season because football and fantasy hockey are definitely my two favorite fantasy sports but like you said yeah no it's being crazy busy with us we wish we could have been back sooner but hopefully uh we'll start ramping it up talk some football talk some hockey we'll see where it goes yep 100 percent um, that's a lot of fantasy leagues. I'm only in uh, one NFL and potentially two NHL. Um, I like to be an absolute sweat bag, like wake up at like 3 a.m. on Monday mornings for waiver wire and hockey and stuff. So uh, <laughs> when, I'm doing, when I'm doing that kind of stuff, I can only have one team. But um, yeah, pretty fun. Well, cool thing uh, about my football leagues this year, too. I've never done Why I just got to limit my guillotine league, which kind of sucks. For those who don't know, it's pretty much the people who get the least points for each week get eliminated. And I guess there's 17 weeks, there's eight, 17 or 18 teams in it. Then I'm in a keeper league and a redraft and then an auction redraft. So okay. all different elements. I definitely recommend trying all of them. They're definitely have the challenging in their unique ways. For sure. All right. So before we even get into fantasy talk, I think we need to address the elephant in the room here. <laughs> and that was our softball performance last night where uh, Jordan and I are on a intramural softball team with a couple people um, in our school program. And last year um, we had a pretty good team. Like we, we were pretty much undefeated except for against this one team um, that were pretty good players. And uh, they ended up beating us in the finals. Uh, and then this year we thought we upgraded the, the lineup. We thought we had a way better team this year and uh, we tied our first game. And last night we got, we got dusted. Like we lost 19 to 11 and uh, like, I, I thought we played okay, but no dingers. Um, but yeah, dude, what do you think went wrong? Like, I don't think the bats are hot right now, but. Uh, no, I think we're struggling. I, I can't hit right now, which is kind of bad, but I think the team you played is right. I've never like, I've only played softball a little bit, but this team was very, very good. Yeah. Everyone, like, it's not even like it had people that were hammering the ball. Like they had like one homer, but every hit they had was placed perfectly. Yeah. And they had a shift on and multiple times just right up the middle. They were standing there, but I, don't know, I think we could beat them. I think we have our, our hitting like 11, 11 runs. Isn't that bad. I think our defense is what held us back. Yeah, I totally agree. I think uh, they're pretty tricky with their base running, man. So mm-hmm. um, we just need to, like, I don't know. I'm, I was guilty of this, trying to throw them out and stuff. But uh, I think we just got to run them down, you know? like Yeah, I think yeah, I think we have to have, like, solidify positions defensively. Yeah, I think. for sure. But um, kind of a uh, story last night. So we finished around, what, 6.30, and then we started practicing for a little bit. Um, when did you text me? I think we we stopped practicing around like seven fifteen or something. Just something like that, yeah. We were just like, okay, let's go to uh, let's go to a, a bar in Hamilton, um, and chill for a couple of drinks, whatever. So we go to uh, the Snooty Fox. I don't know if you've ever been there, but yeah, I've heard of it. I've never been there though. Yeah, so we went there, 
and it was it was cool like we got a drink and then some food and then um this our waitress comes around she's like guys there's a there's a big nfl jersey giveaway uh we need your name and number if you want it but you have to stay the entire duration of the game and i'm like okay like, i'm not really that down but let's do it and then I'm, I'm like you know what let me ask what jersey it is and it's a debo samuel jersey and i don't have it i don't have a niners jersey niners fan. yeah and i'm a big niners guy so i was like guys i think we got to stay and uh we ended up staying the whole game and uh rack up like a $70 bill at this place. And then um, there was, I think a total of like seven people in the draw and four of them were us and we lost the Jersey. So we stayed that entire time. I didn't that get home till like, till like midnight last night. Um, that sucks. So it was just like kind of a waste of time, but uh, well, it was fun either way. Yeah. At least the Niners, I'm telling you, Jimmy G's your guy. Yeah. He's come back and, I think that's who they need. Like also Diva Samuel, that 150 yard catch and run. Like that's he's kind of being a little bit invisible this year. We still been good, but that kind of shows how incredibly uh, incredibly is the acceleration. Like he just kept blowing by the Rams D. Yeah, he cooked Jalen Ramsey, bro. Like yeah. hardcore. <laughs> yeah, I the, there's someone also wrong with the Rams. Like I I don't like them in general because I think they get such special treatment. But like Stafford does not look like he usually does the only guy they can throw it was cooper cup who's still insane like yeah. they signed Allen robinson this big deal literally he's on the field for 90 percent of plays and i think they t- he had like two catches for seven yards yeah was, not it man they have cooper cup and that's it on offense yeah and cam Akers is not looking good they're no they're like the rams are struggling i'm happy because i do not like them and i think i don't know I'm not saying they're overrated because they won the Super Bowl and Sean McVay's a great coach and a great play caller. But, like, I don't know. They're struggling right now. I think the Niners um, are probably the best team in the division right now. Yep, we took sole possession of first place with a 2-2 yep. record. So, uh, I'll take that any day. That ends with why. Yeah, um, the Cardinals, I hate the Cardinals. I think they suck. I think Kyler is so overrated. That contract's going to keep bite them in the ass. Like, it's really, really bad. Yeah. Damn, all right. Well, on the football talk, how are you doing in uh, in your fantasy leagues? Like, what uh, um, after, after week four, what's your record? So, on the four of them, one of them, I'm out in guillotine. I had a lot of injuries. I lost Jamonte Williams. I lost Swift. I didn't have Godwin. I didn't really have a chance in that. Um, my one keeper league, I'm kind of sucking in. I kind of screwed up that draft. But the other two, I'm pretty good in. Like, the one, bro- the one league I'm with my friends from undergrad, I drafted Barkley and Jefferson. Well, Jefferson and Barkley. So I'm two and two in that league, but I got a pretty uh, high points for it. And the other one, I'm three and one. It's uh it was an it was the auction draft, and you have two quarterbacks. So I have Patty as one of my quarterbacks. And then um I just traded for Nick Chubb. So I got Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones. Then I got a lot of depth on the wide receiving front. Like I had Metcalf, haven't had Keen Allen yet because he's been hurt, and then T. Higgins, who's been really good. But I'm pretty happy. Those two leagues, I'm pretty happy. How, how about you, Mike? How are you doing? Um, so in my one league, I'm uh, I'm three and one now. I went into the week three and zero. Oh. Uh, I took an L, man, but like I was kind of expecting it because Swift was injured and Swift was yeah. my uh, like number two pick. And then Thursday night football, I have both Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle, and they both were pretty underwhelming. So that Chase um, has been really disappointing this year. Yeah, for, really most people draft him at like first round value. Yeah. I hope he turns it on. And then the rest of my team was just so bad. Like 
I I had Drake London in my flex because he's had two big weeks in a row. Yeah, he struggled. 2.7 points, not it. Um, I mean, even if I put on, even if I put Jerry Judy in my flex, he he got 13 points. The guy that I was playing this week had uh, Jefferson, Mike Williams, Barkley, Damian Pierce, um, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So, yeah, those he, guys all had big weeks. That's a tough yeah. goal. Um, yeah, he dusted me. So my issue, man, right now is like I have a lot of depth at wide receiver, but I need to stabilize my running back core, man. Like I have yeah. I have Swift, and then I have Raheem Mostert, who's been my second best performer as of late. Um, but I have Antonio Gibson and James Conner. So I'm aggressively trying to move Antonio Gibson. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's probably RB two. Like he's been all right, but I have no faith in Gibson. Connor's been very, very underwhelming. He's just been so mediocre. Like he's just mm-hmm. putting putting up like ten points every week. It's like it's okay, but yeah. I know they they want to get him more involved in the offense. But we'll we'll see what happens. I'm trying to target Brees Hall right now, um, and I have a really aggressive trade offer in for Jonathan Taylor because um, I have so many wide receivers. Man, like I have so yeah. many like. Be careful because he is out for a while. I don't know if they've announced it, but he's. I think he's going to be Thursday night football, and he has a high ankle sprain. I think. Yeah. So my my thought process with that is, if I have Swift and Jonathan Taylor out for a couple weeks, um, by the time they come back, I'll have my starting core will look like Russell Wilson, who looks like he might be getting it together. Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, DeAndre Swift, and Jonathan Taylor. That would be well. That's 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 elite. If you can hold it together. Yeah. And I've like I'm I'm offering I'm offering so many good wide receivers. Like I have a ton of really usable wide receivers. Like I have Chase and Waddle, um, Curtis Samuel, Drake London, Rashad Bateman, Jerry Judy. Now I have this Romeo Dubes dubs guy. Yeah, he um, looks like he's gonna be the number one right now in Green Bay. Yeah, so I'm thinking I should probably just keep him for a little while. I want to grab Algier Algier off of waivers, but um we'll see how that goes. But um yeah. That's about it for my fantasy right now. Is there uh, any key targets for you on uh, waiver wire this week that you think uh, might have a good game? Um, key waiver wire targets. I don't waiver wire targets. What I want to talk about was my biggest bust of the draft. So I was right, so high it. on Travis Etienne. I thought he, I drafted him in like three of my four leagues. I thought he was going to be so good and he could still be good. But James Robinson coming off the ACL tear has been just, absolutely incredible and Etienne I don't think he's had more than like seven points in a game and I, I picked him as a PPR back because I thought he was going to get some receptions and I think his most receptions like two which yeah I definitely missed the gun on that but like I will say the one guy that I want to target this year is Barkley that's all I wanted was Barkley and I think I can say that I was right on that one but, yeah he's pretty nasty confidence is back he's looking good yeah I know he when he's on like he's he's on for sure. Man, my biggest bust. I thought I got this guy. I got him in the fourth round, 42nd overall in a half PPR league. And I thought this guy was like, I was like, man, I got this guy at an absolute steal at 42. And his name is Kyle Pitts. Kyle, like, it, it, watch it. He's so good. Like, the freak, dude. He's so a physical. Freak he's a physical freak. Like, he's a wide receiver playing tight end, but like, they don't want to use him. Like they don't no, throw, don't them, which I don't understand. Atlanta, like I don't know, we, the Browns just mm-hmm. Browns just played Atlanta. Like they're, it'll probably be better when as soon as they get a quarterback. Mariota's 
not very good. He completed like seven passes. Exactly. Like seven yeah. passes, dude. Really? But I don't know. They got to design more plays to get Kyle Pitts the ball. I don't know. He's an absolute matchup nightmare. I don't know what they're thinking. And I have Drake London, too. Looks to be like wide receiver one right now. Yeah. And like Arthur Smith, like their coach, came out like he was pure term of fantasy saying, why is Kyle Pitts not getting the ball? He's like, yeah, we're not playing for fantasy players. So it doesn't really like not kind of alluding that. Doesn't really matter if we Kyle Pitts the ball, but like, man, like it's not about fancy purpose. Your team is better if Kyle Pitts yeah. is talking more. 100%. So like, <laughs> it shouldn't go hand in hand. I know, it's so odd. But um, how do you think? Uh, how do you think the Dolphins will will do in this stretch? I don't know when Tua is going to come back, but do you think like obviously Tua had a good start to the year? But yeah. do you think he was that guy? I I think so. I think it showed that um, being Buffalo and uh, being Baltimore, those six touchdowns. I'm not saying he's going to be like a Patrick Mahomes, like elite elite, but I think he's, I think he'd be a top 10 quarterback. Like he looked, that offense looked very lethal and that it helps with Waddle and Tyreek Hill who are speed freaks. But honestly, like, I think he, I think he looked good. I'm yeah. not going to talk about the whole Tua situation because I've talked about that way too much and I don't really want to bring that up on the podcast, but hopefully yeah. he's, um, doing better because that was a very very serious situation watching it live but um i think the dolphins are a good team and i think yeah i think two is good but i think it's he was great because it really helped having waddle and hill like those two guys are so dynamic but yeah i'm on the two train hope he comes back man i watch a ton of mma like that's like one of my sports and i've seen some very gruesome knockouts um, where I've seen a lot of that, the situation where like, I don't know, the muscles stiffen up, like, like the arm goes straight up or like the legs stiffen up and the toes curl, but I've never seen the fingers, bro. That was like, no, it was, was scary to look at. Terrifying. Cause like watching the hit, like that happens a lot when quarterbacks get thrown in the ground. You didn't think much of it. Like, of course he hit yeah. his head, which is awful, but I didn't think it was anything crazy. And seeing those fingers curl, just like sent chills up my spine. Yeah. That was not a, not a fun scene at all. So. Like I thought it was way more. Like I thought it. Like I thought it was like something like life threatening. And yeah, I'm not saying like of course, concussions have a huge impact and a terrible impact on people's life, and it'll it's probably gonna haunt him, be um impact his life for the rest of his life. But I thought at one point he was paralyzed or something. Yeah, man, that was uh, that was not fun to watch. So prayers to Tua. But um, in terms of any NFL talk, like. What like is there any any teams really surprising you? Like, did you did you expect Philly to uh to be this good? Um, so I thought Philly would be pretty good. I thought they'd win the division because that division is pretty bad with the Giants, the um the Commanders, and then I the Cowboys are just the Cowboys. Yeah, but because I think I'm trying to look who they beat. Like, it's hard to tell for me. They haven't yeah, they haven't beat any. Like they beat the Lions, Commanders, and they beat another team. Who did they, they just play last week? The the Browns and the Jets. Oh no, that's preseason. We, no, we didn't play the Browns. We, who did uh, they play last week? It was Lions, Vikings, Commanders, Jags. Yeah, see, like the Jags look pretty good, but that they haven't been an elite team. So I'm gonna hold off um saying anything until they actually show that they can beat some elite teams. I'm not sure exactly what their schedule. Dude, they don't play an elite team the whole year. Okay, so may, then that division's pretty much theirs, and it's, it's going to be hard to judge for a team like that. I think they're a good team, but uh, look at the power rankings right now, and they're ranked number one. <clears throat> and I can't put them number one until they beat 
kind of a top end team and see how they compete with them. Like Jalen Hurts, I like Jalen Hurts like more for fantasy purposes, but he's a really unique player. Yeah. Um, adding AJ Brown, like he looks like he fits in that system perfectly. Miles Sanders is off to an incredible start, and having Devontae Smith, who's going to be that like fans first, you that boom bust guy had like 10, 20 yards last week, but had like 200, clo- close to 200 yards the week before. So their yeah. offense is really lethal. But like I said, I want to hold off crowning them like a top three team until um, I can see what they do against some great competition. Totally. Listen to their schedule in, in its entirety. So they have Lions, Vikings, Commanders, Jags, which have already happened. Yeah. And they have Cardinals, Cowboys, Steelers, Texans, Commanders again, Colts, Packers, Titans, Giants, Bears, Cowboys, Saints, Giants again. Yeah. So, like, they that's play the very, and the Colts, like, I don't know what to think of the Colts. They've lost terrible games and they beat the Chiefs. The Titans yeah. aren't that good. I've played the, Steel, the Steelers. They're missing Watt too, and they're not that good. Like, I think the only pretty good team is the Packers they play. Yeah, and like, and Packers are yeah. nowhere near what they once were. No, like that's a pretty that's one of the easier schedules of the year, and they should win that division pretty pretty handily because they are the best team in that division for sure. Yeah, no doubt. So I'm stoked to see. Um, I don't know. I'm already kind of fired up for playoffs just because of like how entertaining some of the games have been. Um, yeah, looking at the team, like I don't think there's any team that's really solidified themselves as like the team this year. Yeah, sure. Like it could go either way, man. You can make arguments for like the Chiefs and Bills, obviously, but then throw in Dolphins if they <clears throat> if they keep improving. Um, the Eagles clearly are are in the mix. Vikings are three and one. I don't know if I would say they're no. I, like I've watched them play. I think um, I don't think they're that team. Yeah. And then, buddy, who knows what happens when uh, your Browns get Watson? <laughs> who knows? There's – yeah, like, <clears throat> funny thing, though, the Browns, like, people like – Jacoby Brissett, I'm going to first – I was a huge Baker Mayfield fan. Jacoby Brissett is better than Baker Mayfield, so I think the Browns made the right decision. Let yeah. him make her go. But the thing about the Browns are now their offense efficiency, I'm pretty sure, is fifth in the league, and yet Jacoby can't really – swing it like the rest he's of them. Not, he's not a huge playmaker yeah no he's not a huge playmaker but he's pretty steady but our defense is an absolute mess like if you remember the the jets game there's so many defensive breakdowns and like on the browns twitter like joe woods or dc needs to be gone there is on a consistent basis so many breakdowns that are just unacceptable at a professional level and i think they're ranked 26th yeah in terms of defense and with that cal like they have Garrett Clowney, Denzel Ward. Um, they did lose Anthony Walker for the year. They Greg Newsom, who was uh, a great rookie cornerback, and he looks pretty good this year again. But like they have a lot of talent, they should not be a bottom five defense. And it's just so many mental errors. So I don't know what is going on behind closed doors, but something has to change. Because even if you have an elite quarterback, this defense has given up. Like we lost the. Falcons and Mariota completed seven passes all game. And there was one game when a third, so one drive late, uh, third, I believe a third string court running back came in and ran 10 straight times. And he just walked down the field by himself. Like it was, it's brutal and it's frustrating. Yeah. But if I'm going to say back to, if I'm going to say one team that I still think is best, it's, it's still the Buffalo bills. They lost the Dolphins, I know, but they were missing a lot of defensive players. I think it was like probably 
eight-ish people. So I think the Bills are still number one with Josh Allen's swing. I don't know if any team is going to beat them other than the Chiefs. And I probably put money on if it lines right. It'll be Chiefs and Bills in the AFC Championship again. Yeah, hopefully no overtime this time. Yeah, no. or they get at least – or they get, like, less than, what, 17 seconds or how many time they had. Yeah, seriously. Um, cool. Okay, so um, is there any, any more NFL stuff you want to talk about before we move over to uh, the draft that we were both in? Or um, maybe one last quick thing. I think back to fantasy purposes, what I've read, Saquon Barkley in a PPR league I think is the leading running back this year. It's the lowest – leading running back in the last like Ooh. sorry thanks for in that buddy <laughs> I know. in the last like uh 10 years but and i think everyone's so hell-bent on drafting running backs in the first round and fantasy i understand that because of there's harder to find running backs the top running backs but I am starting to move towards the wide receiver train early on because these wide receivers are getting accumulating so much more points. I do think there's a gap between like the top like 10. Yeah. And I think running backs are being hurt so much. So I'm, yeah, that was kind of my thing. I drafted Jefferson. I've always drafted running backs uh, first round, but I think I'm leaning towards the elite wide receivers. Yeah. I took chase number one this year <clears throat> and then Swift just cause I wanted the, uh, so I think Swift healthy is, pretty unbelievable because of the um the reception ability as well like he's going to get a lot of receptions um so we'll see how it goes but um yeah i'm kind of with you on that like it's tough it's really tough to gauge just like the value of a replacement right now right like i'm i'm Uh sure at the end of this season or even halfway through there'll be a lot of reports that um, might even say that wide receivers are actually at this point in time wide receivers are more beneficial to to reach on than a running back or I, I no I totally agree I totally agree for sure all right man well let's move on to uh the NHL side of things we were both in a draft with uh, a bunch of our school guys so this year it's a bit of a different look for the league we have a 10-man league yeah, um, never been a team that never been in a league that small so yeah so it's going to be interesting there's always going to be some pretty uh pretty good waiver uh, waiver wire availability there's gonna be some good players always available but um nonetheless it's gonna be a sweaty league for sure um and it's also a, a forward league rather than position based on forward so yeah. we just have six forwards don't need to worry about um filling like the right wing left wing spots or looking for guys who have multi positions um so it's kind of a little more arcade style if that makes sense um like it'll be a lot more direct but um, I wouldn't call it, I also wouldn't call it a bangers league, but the categories are, um, are pretty cool. Like we have goals, three points, assist, two points, um, a couple of power play things, shorthanded game winning. And then our shots are 0.5 hits are 0.25 and blocks are 0.5 as well. Um, so it made it kind of fun, um, when drafting, like, for example, I had the, I, in the, in our draft lottery, I got last pick. So 10, so I picked 10, 11 and, uh, 10th, I reached and grabbed a guy whose ADP was actually 24.5 and that was David Pasternak. Um, I'm all in on past him and I had him ranked sixth in my rankings this year. I think he's just insanely talented, just really coming into his prime now. And he's going to be the man on Boston for a little bit while McAvoy and Marchand are out. And then even when Marchand comes back, like 
he actually will help Pasternak even a little more maybe, but um, I'm all in there. And then 11th, I took a guy whose ADP was 30 and I know Jordan wanted him, but I, uh, I reached on Mr. Brady Kachuk. I think he's an anomaly. Yeah, I, I think in this league though, like hits, block, like all that stuff counts for more than in a lot of the leagues. So I think those guys are really valuable. I thought Brady Kachuk like should have probably went like even higher, to be honest. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. Like his ADP was 30. Um, his rankings pretty much everywhere. Like I know, like at least for hits and shots, this is um, pretty standard settings. The only other thing is blocks that are a little high right now because hits are only 0.25, which I think I've actually usually play with them 0.5, but um, I think yeah, you play with so many, like I, we play with hits, like, I think like 0.1 or something. Really? Eh? Yeah. But yeah. Like, Cause our leagues are more just like pure scoring. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of having goals more than assists, but uh, some of the people wanted that. But I think, dude, with Brady Kachuk, I think he has 40 goal upside, clearly, which he showed. Um, he has probably 70 point upside this year, um, while also combining, like, he get he could easily break 300 shots, 300 hits, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, also, while being on the first power play, so I was like, there is no reason I shouldn't reach on this guy. Um, but... Uh, walk us through your team you you're at the opposite end of the spectrum you got uh you got mr Connor mcdavid so um, yeah that's the first time I've ever had him in any league ever i actually got the second pick in my other league which i never get top picks so i was pretty happy with that but mcdavid just makes like chances are you're gonna make the playoffs with mcdavid just like he's incredible like what like i'm looking at the fantasy projections like he's projected like 542 points but that perspective that's like almost a 80 points more than Steven Stamkos. But I think McDavid, like, he just adds the kind of comfortability for a fantasy team. Yeah. And I went with a pretty heavy forwards. Like, I got a lot of young guys. I don't usually go crazy young guys for my team. But I started – so I went Stamkos-Gensel. I got Gensel in my, both my leagues, and I really like him. He scored 40 goals twice, and I think he's a pretty good ass, and he shoots the puck a lot. And Stammer, I think, is still an elite player. Then I have guys like younger guys like Fiala, Larkin, Zegris, Cairo, Boldy, Troy Terry, and Keller. So a lot of young guns. I really like Jordan Cairo having them both as well. I wanted him or Robert Thomas in both my either one of them, both my teams. Like he, I'm pretty sure what he had 75 points last year. And he's and they just I think they just well, him and him and Thomas both signed those big uh contracts. So that shows that those are two guys that St. Louis is kind of building around. Yeah. And then one guy I've never drafted, but based on our league settings, I think Darnell Nurse with block shots, hits, and shots being pretty valuable. Like he can end, end up being a top like eight defenseman in points wise in our league. He could, man. You're totally right. He could be very, very good in our league. <clears throat> um, and like our settings are, uh, I looked this morning and a bit last night, and they're pretty on par with the average. Mm-hmm. So, when looking at our league right now um, and where the game's at, a tip just for, I mean, obviously I can't back up this tip because the season hasn't started yet, but a tip that I've heard a lot of like really hardcore fantasy people saying is no matter what, try and take two elite defensemen um, somewhat early and feel free to reach on someone you believe in. So um, well, I, can I think it is, it's hard. Finding D, it's hard finding D that put up those points. Like a lot of people have, <clears throat> I play with have taken that approach and 
build their D at because there's going to be forwards later on that you can get, but there's hard to, you can't really, it's hard to pick up a guy late, like a defenseman that's going to get like 50, 60 points. Totally. I think, uh, I think I'm pretty big on my, on my decor. We'll see how they, how they turn out. But um, I have uh, my first defenseman I took was Mo Sider. And I, I'm just, I love the guy. Like, obviously I might like him a little more in real life than I do in fantasy, but um, I love watching the guy. So that was kind of my primary reason for taking him. I don't, I don't think I reached on him, but um, he, I mean, he's got some point upside if he, if he keeps progressing. Uh, the team got a little better. Like, the, I mean, they added guys like David Perron and stuff. Um, so they could end up getting better. And, and I'm pretty sure he hits a pretty good amount. So um, like last year he had 151 hits and 161 blocks with 187 shots. So say that progresses a bit, that's 200 shots, probably 180 hits and probably another 160 blocks. And I think that'll progress, but um, got him. The guy I'm most excited about, and I think he's going to have the most insane bounce back year we've ever seen. Actually, that's a huge cap. Maybe not ever seen, but <laughs> I think he's going to have a really big bounce back year. And that's Dougie Hamilton. Um, I like Dougie. I wanted Dougie a lot. Dougie's great. The reason I took him um, and the reason I reached on him is I think he only played like 60 games last year or something like that. Like he didn't play a full season and he was dealing with injuries while playing and still put up 200 shots. So mm. he's going to shoot the puck, man, like no matter what. And um, his expected goals, he performed worse than his expected goals last year. So I think he's due for some progression. And I think we're going to see that guy we're used to who's just quarterbacking, um, power play one and and really moving the puck and, and being that offensive defenseman so very fired up to see him and then Warensky and Morrissey I'm high on Morrissey I reached for him he shouldn't have even been drafted um, <laughs> I think I think Winnipeg's going to be different this year like new coach apparently they had some serious ego issues in their locker room well, so they, they cut Blake Wheeler from captain which was just a crazy yeah. thing to do it's like what, like a week before training camp or something and he's been the yeah. captain for six like a decent amount of time yeah, he was, he was there for a while, but <clears throat> yeah, I heard there was like some pretty bad ego issues and the coaches come in and hopefully fix it. And if they do get it together and Morrissey's the man, that's also why I took Hellebuck. I was like, I think Winnipeg on paper, they're not very good. And like, I, I'm not expecting them to like make the playoffs or anything, but I think they're going to be a lot better. I think they're going to surprise some people. So hopefully Hellebuck is, uh, performs well there, but, um, who, who are you projecting to be, uh, like biggest steal, like whether they're on your team or um, someone else's team. Um, biggest steal. I'm not gonna say biggest steal. One guy I think has the chance to win the hard trophies. Capper's off. I think yeah. everyone goes to McDavid, Matthews, McKinnon, Drysdale. Those four, and I think Capper's off has the opportunity to kind of jump into that top four fantasy. Yeah. Um, but in terms of a steal, one guy I think that has dropped a lot in terms of um just kind of overall rank because I know in ESPN he was ranked so low and people reached on him, not reached on based on his ranking is Braden Point. I think people forgot that Brain Point how good he is just because he's hurt a lot and somehow some of the rankings have have him so low right now, which I don't understand personally. Like even what he was hurt last year, I guess he had 58 points in 66 games, which probably is his worst year in the last like four years. Yeah. So I think that guy, I think he will um, end up being a brilliant big steal. If someone's able to um, cash in on him. 
a little uh, later in the draft. And one guy I'm being high in him forever. And I want, I did not get him this year in fantasy. I think Ottawa is going to be really good. And I think one of the main reasons man in the power plays Thomas Shabbat. I know he, when I watched the road juniors, I think I say this every year, how impressed I pressed. I was, I thought he was going to be a top three defense in the league. And he had 38 points, 59 games. But I think this is the year when he really breaks out offensively. I really do. So I would not be surprised if he ended up being a top 10 defenseman in the league. 100%. I completely agree with both of those guys. Like Point, I, I can't even call Point a steal in our draft because um, Jacob, our buddy, reached on him and got him pretty early. I was hoping to get Point like in the 70 range um, because I thought people were just going to forget about him. But his ADP is 119.5. I know, like, it's insane. Like, I understand the guy's injury issues. I get that. But I don't understand why he's so low. Like, I also, another thing, like, in my one league, Sidney Crosby still, like, is a probably a top 10 fantasy guy every year. I know the injury concerns, but I got him, like, I started Matthews, then I got him at the end of the second round in a 14-team league. Like, I Crosby should not be dropping there. Crosby, I know he's, like, 36, but he's still – until he proves me otherwise, like he's going to put up 80 to 90 points. <laughs> yep. hundred percent, man. It's, it's pretty wild. Um, another, another guy who, uh, who seemed to be like a pretty big steal. Um, I guess we'll see soon, but um, was uh, what's his face. Rupe hints. So, I mean, obviously we'll see, but um, his ADP was 135.1. And uh, he's projected to put up 71 points um, with over 200 shots um, and around 100 hits, which I think is insane value. I, I reached, I didn't, I reached pretty hard for him, but um, I'm definitely, definitely happy with it. But another guy I wanted to talk about who's sliding like way further than he should um, is a guy on your team is UC Soros, man. I don't understand. I think he's going to be a number one goalie, like in fantasy. I think he, just his sheer the amount of shots he faces compared to like a Vasilevsky or a Shesterkin. Like I'm not a big draft goalies early guy, but um, I think the fact that you have McDavid and Soros, that's arguably the the best the best forward for the whole year and the best goalie for the whole year. So um, yeah, it's Soros last year, and I kind of I think I'm drafting like three years in a row. Like he's and I'm just waiting for him to win the Vesna. I think it's going to eventually happen. Like yeah, he was under he was when Pekka was still the goalie he was like their backup so he was drafted when Paco was still on the team right yeah. so he was drafted a while ago so he kind of learned from one of the better goalies in the league for a long time yeah 100 it's um, kind of like that quarterback like it's i know it's different but it's kind of like learning from the elite quarterback when guys like you know brady was behind bledsoe rogers behind Favre. um there's other uh ideas but i think a goalie can be kind of similar learning from the elite goalie how to handle yourself on a daily basis. Cause goalie, of course it's physical, but it's so mental. You're the one, like if you lose and give up, it's usually the goalie that people go after. Totally. hundred percent agree. Another guy who's been like his ADP is 103.5. And like, I've seen him slide even further than that. In our draft, he didn't, I don't understand how this is happening, but um, Alexander Georgiev, he's going to be the starting goalie on Colorado. I don't, I don't care how good you think he is. If he's the starting goalie in Colorado, he's going to be getting a lot of wins no matter what. And yep. wins will rack you in points. That was my strategy. The last, the, the last time we did this to Groot League, 
I took, I, I think in the 10th round, I took Philip Grubauer because I was like, he's Colorado's goalie. And he was in the Vesna chat that year. Like, I think he finished ninth in the whole league in points, um, which is insane for a goalie. So I think that strategy of taking goalies who are on winning teams and will most likely be the starter, I think that's an undefeated strategy. I, no, I agree 100%. I think that's usually what I my strategy is. I don't like picking, like, for example, John Gibson, call like, skill wise is elite but like up and i might be a little better who knows but like people weren't drafting john gibson because why are you drafting a stud on a bad team 100 yeah no for fantasy it's interesting man so we'll see with these with these goalies they're uh they're a different breed but they're make or break they really are so um i think you're in you're in a pretty good position i i like the campbell pick man i think that's going to be like pretty sneaky pick because i think edmonton's going to win a lot of games and while also facing a lot of shots. And um, I think even if Campbell does let some slide, which I think he's definitely poised to, uh, to let a few soft. Yeah, for sure. But, but Edmonton will out offense most teams. Right. So. Yeah. And I also like to look at um, there's the workload, like they could sign him five years. Like the guy's going to get 60 plus games from them. Yeah. hundred um, percent. One more guy I wanted to talk about. Um, who I took, I kind of reached on him a little bit, but I'm completely fine with it. Uh, I think this guy is, uh, he showed flashes of greatness already, but I think this year, if he stays healthy, will be a different level. Jack Hughes. I think. Yeah, I know. I want a Jack Hughes too. Dude, I think he could actually be, like, I think his ceiling is like a 90 point player this year. Like, I think he's that good. Um We'll see. Obviously, the peripherals aren't there, like the the hitting and the um, and the the shot totals, whatever. But I think in terms of like points, he's gonna be nasty. I think. Dude, what do you think his upside is this year? What do you think is like a realistic expectation for a guy like him? Jack is. I think can get eighty five points. Yeah, he's maybe so- more. Like I think that's like even conservative. I think like maybe okay. I'm gonna go ninety points. I think Jack is for ninety points this year. I think so too, man. Like last year, for example. He got 56 points in 49 games. He yeah. was over a point per game. Yeah, and the guy, Beatrice's getting better. The guy's getting more mature. Yeah, he's got yeah. he's got some weapons with him. Like, he's working with Dougie Hamilton on the power play. He's got that Alexander Holtz guy who can just rip. Um, so, Hughes can set him up. Um, obviously, you got, you got guys like Jesper Brad who came out of nowhere last year. Um, Nico Heischer on the power play as well. Um Girl. Andre Pilat overpaid five oh, yeah. million. <laughs> the second best left winger to ever play hockey, Andre Pilat. Is Andre. The level, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, cool. I have, I have one more thing. Um, so for my uh, when I do these fantasy drafts, my ranking system is uh, I use the Athletics cheat sheet. I don't oh, use it like solely that, but. Um, I like to utilize that and then, and then do a little bit of customization depending on like stuff I agree with and stuff, but um, it's customizable to league settings. So um, again, we have goals higher than um, higher than assists. And then um, we value hits, blocks, and shots um, a decent amount. Um, So first off the athletic in that league, which it makes sense. I don't think this is going to happen, but they have Matthews over McDavid. Um, they that's have those two. What's that? That's ridiculous. McDavid's the best. Like, there's no one even close. Yeah, it's just if Matthews repeats this whole sixty goal fiasco or even more, 
then he could end up being that because he shoots a, a ton. Um, they actually hit around the same amount. Um, but Matthews also has um, over double the blocked shots, which will add up because um, they're 0.5 each. So that's like, in, in this case, it'll be um, about 15 full fantasy points each. And, and they're separated by about that much right now in, in this ranking. But again, I, I totally agree with you. I think no matter what, McDavid's the guy you have to pick because um, they haven't projected getting 125 points. And I actually think he could get significantly more than that. Yeah. <laughs> kind of terrifying to think about, but um, yeah. So that was the first thing. And then the other thing that was kind of weird to me in their number six spot, they have Timo Meyer. Timo Meyer. That's really, Meyer. what are these, what are these rankings? Dude, I don't know. They're the athletic. It makes sense because he hits a lot and shoots a lot, and he's the clear like number one guy on San Jose right now. Like they're bad man, so he's gonna be doing everything he can to just shoot the puck. And like he's he's a seventy five point guy with close to three hundred fifty shots and one hundred and sixty hits. So he hits a lot. He lays the body. So yeah, I don't know. I've I've had him a I've had lot him. up and I didn't have him last year. I've had him so many times and. He just let me down every year. <laughs> He's in the same to me. And I wanted him this year. I wanted to be able to pick him at uh, my 31st pick, but Jacob reached on him in the mid-20s. So uh, I think Jacob was using the same rankings as I was. So, uh, but yeah, I'm just not a team on my – like, I don't know. Just I think that's just bias for me, how much he screwed me in the past. <laughs> for sure. Um, but, yeah, uh, I think another couple guys I think who are going to be pretty good this year in our league, I think – Philip Forsberg, I'm really happy I got him. I, I reached on him a little bit, but I think he's going to be insane. He shoots and hits a ton. Um, and I think Jack Eichel's back, man. I think we're going to see a, a different, a di- very different type of Jack Eichel. Oh, yeah. I think the Knights are going to come flying. Their team is their team is really good. But it shows what cap situation they got. Trade patch ready for, like, conditional, what, yeah. conditional picks or whatever. Future considerations. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's insane. What, the, what did they trade? They got, oh they traded Suzuki from I think yeah they traded um was it Ryan Suzuki or was it Nick no Nick Suzuki Nick Suzuki he was the captain of Montreal that's a brutal trade I I have Suzuki on my fantasy team I think he's actually going to be nasty and the thing with Pacioretty like the guy still th- point per game player last year and you for how cap strung you were you just trade him for away for nothing I honestly didn't even realize he point per game last year pretty much yeah he's he's also like pretty banged up too like, yeah he is yeah but he definitely deserves more than that but i think of course his salary i don't even know if he'll play this year to be honest like is he hurt right now yeah he's down bad right now i think uh, okay but him on carolina that's kind of scary to think about man they already have a pretty good deep team and he had some speed and size to that well they got brent burns too this offseason yeah and he's gonna be uh their power play one i think Yep. Yep. I tried to avoid some of the Carolina guys this year. I, I love I usually love stacking some Carolina guys, but um they they just like there's points are so evenly spread out. There's not like guys who will dominate on that team, you know? Like they're just such a they're just such a wagon, man. They're deep. Um and everybody gets touches, everybody gets points. So uh, I tried to avoid them. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Also, Vince Trocek, I think, is going to be nasty. Yeah. Well, yeah, coming to New York. Rangers. Yeah. The Rangers should be good this year again. <laughs> yeah, I agree. 
Damn. All right. Is there anything else you want to talk about or should we wrap it up? Mm, I think the last thing I want to talk about quickly. So what do you think of Ottawa this year? Like I, yeah. I, my one friend had this conversation, conversation. It's kind of a unique conversation. And I do believe with them. Their top six forwards. I think their worst sixth forward might be the best across the league. If you understand what I mean. Well, so, it depends who you're talking about here. Like you're talking, yeah. are you saying Alex DeBrinket on their, because he's technically in their top six and he's on well, the I, line, Yeah, I, like you think of the Chuck, Norris, Batherson, who are all really good players, and Stutzla, Giroux, and DeBrinket. That is an elite top six. Yeah, it's pretty good. Like those are all six pretty good players. Yeah, I agree. Like people forget Norris, almost, I think Norris almost scored 40 goals last year. Yeah, apparently, uh, apparently he's got like one of the sneaky best shots in the entire league. Like he's, uh, he can he can shoot the puck. Yeah, and even their third line, Formington, like all the stuff. Who knows what's gonna happen to him? But they got Matthew Joseph too. Actually played well when he was on their team. Yeah, and he's not from Tampa. Their D needs some work other than Shabbat. Like who knows Sanderson maybe takes the next step. I know Brandon I was. Yeah, I know Brandon was really highly regarded when they got him from Vegas, but from I haven't heard much about him. Like if you, I'm pretty sure he's been pretty disappointing so far. Yeah, I think I think he needs. I think it's like a Rasmus Sandin situation where I think they just got to play him a little more, but I think he'll, he'll come to it. When you're a small offensive defenseman, man, like it takes a while, you know, and he also plays the opposite side. Like he plays right D um, for the most part. So that that's a tough, like that's a different type of gap between AHL and NHL when you're, when you're that small and that skilled as a defenseman. So we'll see, he could take the next step, but I don't know if he's ready or not. Yeah. And a lot will be a kind of a unique team. Um, to watch Dorian, everyone's tripped him. I've tripped him too, but I think he had an incredible offseason bringing in to getting rid of the Matt Murray con- uh, contract as well as getting Giroux for that leadership. So 100%. I think they're on the upswing and maybe that'll force them to move to a location where they get more than 20 fans a game. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm all for the, uh, the Ottawa hype. Like I'm all for them being a good team and then making a push for the playoffs, but the, the toxicity on Twitter right now on a lot of sense fans and it goes both ways. League fans are more toxic, but um, the sense fans are trying to say that the sense are better than the Leafs already. That's, that's just ridiculous. But I have heard that that is like guys relax. Absolutely ridiculous. You don't uh, have so anyone that is in the Marner or Matthews consideration yet. No, not even close. And I saw this pretty funny tweet this morning. It was uh just catching up, the Sens are understandably disappointed to lose 35-year-old six foot four Cam Talbot, who boasts two series wins and a 921 career playoff save percentage. But the Leafs are playing with fire, counting on 28-year-old six foot five Matt Murray, who won two Stanley Cups with a 921 career playoff save percentage. So um, didn't Cam T- I thought Cam Talbot signed with the Sens? No, he did. He's injured. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, losing. I thought you meant like okay, losing. Okay. Oh, he fractures. Oh, I saw he fractures for about five to seven weeks. Oh, okay. But um, yeah, that's a whole nother conversation. We'll have to do it on another podcast. Is we can make a full podcast on the least goalie situation alone right now. So yeah, I don't know what to think. I think it's the only thing I'll say is Dubas is if they don't win a playoff series this year, Dubas is gone, Keith's gone, and Dubas is putting a lot of faith in Matt Murray. So he's putting his job on the line for something like that. So for the suit connection, bro, that's all he wants. Yeah. So we will see. We'll see what happens. Hope for the best, but 
don't know. It's really hard to judge. Alrighty. Let's wrap it up, buddy. But this was, uh, this was fun. We'll be on in another week or two and um, maybe we'll talk some golf or some Leafs or something, but yeah, for sure. Uh, and for my UFC fans out there, I don't know if you're listening, but I am so fired up for October 22nd. It is one of the best cards I think I've ever seen in my life. So um, I'll maybe uh, do a little chatter about that as well, but um, yeah, thanks Jordan. And uh, I'm sure I'll see you um, on campus today or tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take care. Thanks for listening, everyone. All right. Take care. Everyone.